What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, remember, I forgot to shout this out last week, but if you are a weekly listener, if this is part of your routine, why don't you help us keep the lights on by going to patreon.com slash kinda neat. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash kinda neat. And pledge a dollar per episode. That comes out to about four bucks a month if we're on point. But if it's a month like this month, it would only be a dollar because I slacked off and didn't book a fucking show for a month. And that's my bad. Sometimes life catches up with you. Life comes at you fast. That being said, yeah, if you guys want to go there to patreon.com slash kind of neat and just basically I say it's like the equivalent of buying me a coffee because as you know, I quit drinking, quit drinking alcohol. And that is something that is no longer just a kick. I think I'm just like done drinking. I just don't think I'd do it anymore. Like I used to go on modes where I would just, oh, I'm not going to drink this month or I'm not going to drink for like a couple of weeks or, oh, I'm not going to drink on this trip home. I would make rules for myself. And I think I'm getting to an age where I just realized like, and I've said it on the podcast before where I feel like, uh, Maybe I'm not necessarily an alcoholic, but I got tendencies and I don't know. I don't go to AA meetings or nothing like that. So I don't really know the lingo, but I think that I've just learned in my adult age that alcohol is a trigger to other issues that I have, like maybe issues of the sexual sort. I think that I get a little like, oh man, I don't know. Like I start drinking and I just can only think about trying to go find something to get into, which is just bad habit as an adult, you know? So yeah, I quit drinking. It's been pretty easy for me because it's been kind of a, it's been kind of a slow rolling path for me for a while where I got pretty used to knowing that I'm kind of an asshole when I'm drunk. And so I would go out and just have one beer or two beers and be cool. And living in LA for so long before Uber was around helped me not want to drink too, because I do have a I almost got a DUI when I was younger and thankfully I got let off the hook right at the last second. This dude was about to pull me off or pull me out the car and give me a sobriety test and he got another call and said it was my lucky night. So thank heavens for that. Knock on wood. And that was me knocking on wood. You know, I used to, yeah, I used to like drink and drive a lot, which is really fucking dumb. I thankfully never got caught doing that. But it got to a point where when I would drink, it was either all or nothing. Like I would be, I would go out and I'd be like, I'm just not going to drink tonight. I'll just go out. I'll drive. I'll do an Irish exit and get out, um, without anybody seeing me leave. And then no one knows if I drank or had a good time or a bad time. I'll just do that. Um, or it would be like, okay, cool. I don't have any responsibilities. My friend is going to drive me here. Yada, yada, yada. I am going to get fucked up tonight. And then I would end up drinking, you know, usually until I was gonna puke or at least pretty close to puking. And then I would come home and text every person that I thought would answer my text late at night, trying to be like, you up W I D that type of shit. And this is unacceptable to me now. And, and I've, um, you know, I, I don't know, as things get more and more real in the, in the real world to me. And I'm, uh, you know, just a full on like working dude who has to hustle to like make the ends meet and make a future for myself. Cause I don't have a nine to five. Like I do this stuff 
and you know i live off of this and i live off of old music royalties and photo jobs and there's no consistency i guess or maybe there's no like like every month it's like okay get creative and let's go and let's get it so you don't have to have a regular job anymore that and when it's like that i don't feel like i have time to be getting fucked up because i get fucked up now and i wake up with anxiety uh i wake up depressed i wake up feeling like shit and i just don't want to deal with that anymore so i mentioned it like a few weeks ago uh on the podcast that i had not been drinking and somebody that was in the studio at the time was like oh really uh, damn that's crazy i quit a couple of years ago too and it's just like i've noticed that a lot of my friends that are getting to the same place as me are all quitting drinking at the same time i think man i've really just come to like believe that alcohol is really a, a fucking shitty drug because it's so much fun and it makes you feel so fucking cool and helps all kinds, you know, it's really a, a social lubrication. That's what it is. It's perfect social lubrication. Uh, it makes going out fun because once you're sober, going ain't, going out ain't really that fun. And, uh, you know, it helps so much with social anxiety because now when I go out, like I'm instantly like, Ooh, I would much rather be at home. Uh, and you know, it helps with all sorts of shit, but all of my friends who I met, probably partying or you know a lot of my adult friends i've met at shows or i've met through rap music i've read i've met through you know parties that involve other people that are in the same shit so you meet your friends when you're drunk and a lot of them are getting to that point where it's like they're just realizing oh wait this shit doesn't really agree with me but i think what i'm actually learning is that it doesn't agree with anyone because now i look at now that i haven't been drinking for however long four or five months something like that I just anytime somebody's like, damn, I got so fucked up last night and then I did this and that, and I'm just like, hmm, I bet you they have an alcohol problem. I just really, <laughs> it's just like immediately where my brain goes. And so I don't know what I'm, I don't know why I decided, I didn't know what I was going to talk about when I started talking. And now I'm just talking about the fact that I'm sober and that's it. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's just crazy that like everybody that's close to me is kind of going through that at the same time because. I don't know, man. If you're like in your 20s listening to this and you love getting fucked up, I, I salute you because I wish that I could still do that. But I just don't really have much control over myself when I do it. And I don't know. I would say watch out because maybe that's going to happen to you one of these days. But anyways, if you're out there enjoying a beer listening to this, fucking shout out. Enjoy it. It's fun times. Uh <laughs> What an anticlimactic end to the rant. This week on Kind of Neat, we have Audio Push. Now, Audio Push is a name that I've been hearing for a few years, but didn't realize that they had such a pedigree and such a history. Um, they've been doing it a long time, and right now is kind of um, – this is the moment for them for the payoff to start beginning for all the experience they've had in the past um and they're in a good spot to do that and the, and uh i had a lot of fun with this podcast i talk about it in the show um the first time i saw them or heard of them was in 2014 or 13 uh Vince Staples was playing a show at the Troubadour and they were direct support for him and like they murdered it they had all, like everybody that came along or came out to the show like knew their songs and 
they killed it and, and it's like you could see their chemistry on stage and their chops on stage like they've clearly been doing it a long time together um or doing rap music a long time together and performing on stage together and so just the other day like i've always had them in the back of my mind of like oh i should hit up those dudes audio push you know and i've seen a couple of their videos come out recently um that are of extremely high production value and uh the videos are and great songs as well and they've always been in the back of my mind of like oh i should hit these dudes up and then serendipitously um one of their people reached out to me and i was like oh yeah fuck yeah let's do it so and that just that was just like monday and so here we are on wednesday getting the shit in and um i couldn't be happier with how it turned out they're cool as fuck down-to-earth dudes that work hard as hell and um, have been working on it since they were 13, 14. Like, they're close with Hit Boy, uh, who actually signed them to Interscope at one point for a second time. Their story is very interesting, and it has all sorts of ins and outs of the industry. And so Hit Boy, for those of you guys that don't know, he's, like, produced for Jay-Z, he's produced for Kanye, he's produced for, like, fucking everybody, basically. Um, Yeah, anyhow, this came out so much... Uh, are so fucking good and i love when that happens when i when i come in to a room as a complete stranger with somebody and leave feeling like i got a really good idea of who they are and that is what happens today and i think you guys will get a good idea of who they are and without further ado this is my podcast interview conversation with audio push Board. I didn't even know that your name was been on the board, but now it's been on the board making that shit sound buttery. That's what like it I is. like my popcorn nigga, don't try to utter me. Don't you come disrespectfully, don't try to butter me up like we really friends, my nigga. You ain't thuggacy. All day, every day, dog, you ain't touching me. No food in the studio, don't do it luckily. Cuddy start tripping today, but that's my brother see. I don't even know why I'm rapping, bro. Wow. That was that was a good yeah, freestyle. I, really, I, I smoked right a second ago, so I don't even. I think that's why I'm rapping. I think uh, freestyle is kind of a lost art form. Not a lot of people can really do it efficiently anymore. Exactly. I've noticed that. I thought it was just something that. I, it's one of those things where I like. I think a lot of people just freestyle melodies now, and then kind of go, "Oh, that melody sounds tight," and then I'm and gonna go words. back and fix it up. You, you know? know what I hate? Yeah. I hate how I, you didn't even ask me what what I hate, but no, I I'm gonna tell, tell you. Um, I don't like how like freestyling and stuff like that 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 is a part of hip-hop is like considered like old like if if you're doing that you're old dude or something like like the youth ain't supposed to know how to freestyle like in rap like y'all better start freestyling rapping if you call yourself a rapper yeah i feel that period i'm conflicted on that because i grew up uh i mean i i've I've been a part of the la rap scene now for like 10 15 years something like that And, and it was something where it was like you would get booed off stage if you were fake freestyling at one point. Yeah. But then for a while, it became something where people held it to such a standard that it's kind of like, give it a rest. Right. Because so many rappers that are like amazing at freestyling are terrible at writing at songs. Writing songs. Right, and right, certain right, right. ones that are incredible at writing songs Can't aren't as well at freestyling. And it's not about, for me, it's not about, like, you don't even got to be, when you're freestyling, you don't have to be. This is Price, by the way, so you guys know my voice if it's recording. Yo, that arrow tattoo sick, but that, we'll talk about that after. But, um, um, like when you're freestyling, you don't. No one's saying you gotta be Nas. Like right. you don't have to be the best rapper be alive when you're freestyling. But, but just kick flavor, like kick gotta, some flavor, you and at least know how to hit a kick flip, man. Right there, you go. And right. just do it though. My thing is just do it. Right. I'm not even saying do it awesome. Just be able to do it and don't be scared to freestyle because you're a rapper. Like right. when people say rap, rap. Right. 
I don't know. I, I feel that. A lot I, of people don't write their rap stuff, so that's probably it, too. But how do you feel about this? Uh, there, there's this, like, big um, drift between, like, the generation of... Uh, men that grew up listening to rap that are journalists now and the kids that are like fucking keeping it lit in the, yeah, in the scene and, yeah. and they're going like here freestyle over this and then they put on a beat from the 90s but that's a whole different syncopation of rhythm than it is yeah. currently Wait. that these kids know how to rap over so expecting them to rap over like a, a normal 4-4 beat at a fucking 88 beats per minute is not going yeah, to you, work for them you're right yeah you, you know? can't and, and I'll, yeah and I'll, I'm with that like yeah. obviously if you want them to kick some you don't gotta you know you don't gotta play P-Rock or just some just give them something they can do give them something on. to yeah give them something at least that they're at least you know what I mean? Okay, Familiar with, and then at least then it's up to you to be a rapper. Right, exactly. But I, I don't, I don't know the whole like. Uh, I mean, get it how you live. Whatever. I, I always talk about how like the whole Facebook culture of like people posting shit where it's like. Oh, modern rap! Like this is what modern rap sounds like, and it's like somebody choking on a freestyle, and they're like, "This is how people used to freestyle." And then they post like a fucking big L thing or something. It's right, like, yo, right. that's not a fair thing. Like, everybody has an off day. You feel right, me? Right, right, right. And just because somebody has an off day on the radio doesn't mean like there's no value to their art. You feel me? Period. So, yeah. Anyway, not at all. You got so you guys are like rap enthusiasts, though. You guys are really barring out out here. Rap lord, rap lords. I really consider myself a rap, a rap guy with a lowercase g, though. All right. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like anybody like this is just being not honest. even on no like cocky. I'm just saying yeah. for me myself when I rap when I kick my sermons and I'm giving my 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 story and from the heart like it's coming from me. No one's helping the this the the the, the, the story be built. Um, and it's real, and to me, it's it's so you it's, take it personally very. And yeah. I feel like I'm, every single time like I approach a song, it's like trying to like kick new flows new flavors new say different things like try to not say something i've ever said before try to top what i've said yeah with me it's more so now i this just is feel octane, like octane by the way yeah, yeah what up I've y'all i talking i'm um, price and octane no nah, it's all good Go um for me now i'm just more so i'm not even trying to out i feel like honestly if somebody wants to battle speak foul if not shut up and rap that's how i feel about it so mm -hmm. like i don't really compete as far as other rappers but i feel like if i don't think anybody could can i cuss yeah i don't think anybody could fuck with us there like it's, there's two of me like I and just there's two of me right you know what i'm so saying like literally literally yeah <laughs> like it's like it's, it's wild like and yeah. then we confusion and then like go back and forth yeah, with each other and fuck you ah oh, yeah. damn i'm trying to actually stop cussing you last time rapping but dang you uh, and you guys have been you guys grew up like doing this yeah like you guys yeah. have been involved a long time yeah, yeah. that right. probably has a lot to do with it too we're young like i'm 25 um but we've been doing we've been signed since oh, well God. on and off we first got signed in 2009 we got signed to our production company 2008 uh -huh. we got signed to interscope 2009 um, because you guys got your start during the jerk wave, exactly. Right, right. And we were kicking fucking flavor back then. Yeah. Um, but well, talk which to me. Cool. Talk to me about that because I feel like in the grand scheme of rap history, I think jerk is like kind of getting forgotten about already. You know what I'm saying? Like, or like people have pivoted. Impossible. Well, because like YG started as a jerk as a as a jerk artist, and now right. he's like a huge gangster rap artist. And like, <laughs> right. but like jerk was in. 0809 0708 09 yeah, in LA yeah. it was everything yeah. everybody was drinking it really brought back attention to LA which people don't want to admit and say right but what it did was 
realistically revolutionized hip hop because people rappers start wearing skinnies. Right. But we were like wearing skinny jeans before the jerk. We didn't make that. Like one thing I want to be clear about is we were never a part of the jerk movement. Uh-huh. What Audio right. Push did was make a jerk song that blew up. We made the first one. We just didn't take a record deal first. Mm. So we we stayed. We weighed out all of our options, and that caused other people to kind of get bigger than us quicker, which was cool because we that worked in our favor. Um, but that probably also didn't like pigeonhole you guys. That's then. why it worked in our favor. Yeah, because um, you know a lot of those like. Our song was huge, 21 million teach views, me all that cool shit. Yeah, Teach Me How to Jerk. We traveled south, all across the country, all across the world, actually, performing, but it didn't trap us. It Obviously, you got idiots who, like, still, like, oh, those jerk kids, them niggas can't rap. Right. But then it's like, anybody who press play, they know what time it is, so I don't, it's not for you. Yeah, for people like that, I just feel like if you're still stuck about something that happened in 09, that just is like, it shows me how far out and, out you are. Like and if you believe, if we're still talking about something that happened in 2009, and you're going to pretend you've never ran into a bar or anything of me and mine, then all right, fine. Right. But, and, but it's just not for you. And then look down at the pants you're wearing, probably while you're talking that shit. You probably are going to have on skinny jeans, because 99% of rappers and 90 Six percent of the people who used to shred them have them on, and it's just awesome to me. I've been wearing skinny pants since I was fifteen. I came from game banging and all that, and we were game banging wearing skinny pants. But that's what's so interesting to me about jerk in general is that like people look at it as though it was this kind of like teeny bopper dance craze, but really that comes from like LA man, click culture, listen, right? Like, yeah, right. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's some banging but, shit. Yeah, but you know, I mean, but be, even beyond, we were having that, fun though. Yeah, right. yeah, that's what I was about to say. I feel like rap, hip hop culture, period, is just is full of people that aren't sure of themselves. Uh-huh. Like I when music come on, I know how to dance. I'm going to dance. Right. If I want to wear uh, some sm- so I'm not gonna go and young thug it out. You know, uh-huh. my boy got the dress. I can't do dresses and stuff like that because that's not what I want to do. Right. But that's but no want to him yeah, wear no dresses dis- if no, you want. No dis- <laughs> right. Right. Dress. In dress, young thug though. gonna do what he, he wants to do regardless. Yeah. Right. Obviously, he right. doesn't give a shit what anybody right. says. Right. So he's gonna do his thing. Right. But it's just like beyond that, I just feel like. People that try to knock it are those same people that are they have that pigeonhole sure. mind state, and right. I'm not. I'm I'm sure of myself. Yeah, like I don't have to think about it. Like right. you know what I'm saying. Right. So it's like it works if it works. If it doesn't, I'm not. I don't know. You just learn to get tunnel vision mm-hmm. after you go through like that kind of shit. Like so now it's like I don't even care. By the time you even are able to digest our art from here on out, I'll already be over there far. Uh, isn't that interesting? As as you make art, like people are getting influenced by the things that you probably made a year and a half, two years ago. Because you know, the process for getting stuff out into the world takes a while, and yeah. so people are like, "Oh my god, this new audio push is so fire!" Like, and you're like, "Oh, I made that eight months ago. Wait till you hear the shit I made." today right right exactly like so that's like how i feel about anything that is critiqued from here on like i just it's like all right i did that whatever you're even when the album drops it's like okay we've been stopped recording that like i'm our we're already on the the next like so it's like i don't know but then to be able to honestly like be here 2016 about to put out our debut album like and do it independently where we control the whole thing but doing it success like from a successful place like you know what i mean where it's what we want to do and how we want to do it to come from that 2009 and be here still relevant still able to have fans tour and be doing interviews and things like that it's like that's a blessing in itself and that's more than what we need like that's all the ammo we need to tell you shut up 
how was the label experience? You guys were young, really young rappers signed to a label. How how is that? Um, the we were signed when it was cool too. Yeah, at first yeah. we were signed when it was right. super sick to get signed because there was money still in the exactly. game. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But now that there's not, I can say the only thing I really truly appreciate from it is the fact that we got to learn so much. Exactly, crap. like we got to learn basically every facet of it. Because you're getting to talk to the marketing team, you're getting to talk to the promo. We learned we, literally how every part of it works. Yeah. And we, but we still got we got to experience labels. Um, when they still were moving like labels. So we actually went through media training at a point, which did oh, nothing shit. for us, but it was just hilarious to do it. Um, Why didn't it do anything for you? Because they were trying to tell us that that actually sucked. Cause like, it was don't cuss on the radio or just things like it was just making us not be ourselves. Uh, it, it made us super be like all this extra, like this soup, this yeah. weird way that was like that whole first label experience did that. Because for instance, the the for instance like teach me how to jerk that video we directed that video we didn't know we directed it because we gave that credit to them but yeah. we came up with the whole concept for the whole video right. and said every single piece of what we wanted to do they just brought it to life but we never intended intended for that to be like the flavor the like the, the, yeah how how it's supposed to be we just were we dressed like video, y'all dress be, like, oh, it's, y'all it's to like in a school and shit right? yeah. yeah so it's like you dress like this you just and then so then it goes from that to where it's like that's where they wanted us right, to wear every right. freaking thing and every time well, it reminds me of like when asher roth did the i love college thing that was like all an a and r fucking scheme for him and, and it's like now he's trapped in that and people are like you're the, no you're the college guy where's your sweatshirt at right you know what I mean? right exactly yeah. and so it's like but you got to come out of that and luckily we were able to go through that labor process but then get like get to see crazy money get spent crazy budgets all that get off the label then get sent, signed back to the exact same label get out really yeah a year later so we got signed to Interscope two different times and yeah. then so our <laughs> second time was with Hit Boy and so we're back at the label now again because for people that don't know the label system, it, a lot of the times behind the scenes, it's like different teams managing shit, right? Exactly. So, so it's like you get signed by one team, and if that team moves to a different label, like if everybody jumps from Interscope to fucking uh, I don't, Warner or something, then right. all of a sudden all the artists that got signed under, exactly. that, under that team are going to get dropped. That happened our first run. Um, right. We actually didn't get dropped, um, but what happened was the whole – the whole staff sorry sorry about the door no, that's fine. um the whole staff um actually got dropped like that like right. literally bro people who have been working at Interscope and Geffen for 20 years 15 years right. who just popped Here. off 50 who popped off Eminem like got fired at just in the blink of an eye yeah. and so literally our whole team everyone who signed us and all that got it was like the great label ex- exodus oh, man, of the early was 2010s. Crazy, right, and so right. we were in that sauce. Um, and, and how does that feel when you guys are like, or is it like, oh fuck, now we got to start over? Or how did you feel at the time? At well, I, at that moment when we went through that label situation that first time and got off. Um, it did feel like we got to start over, but we were pumped. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just mm. the same as we are now. It's just we're more pumped. But at that time, we were pumped. But mm. so we had a little, obviously, a little bit of money. You know, we had a little bit of knowledge at the time, and I had just start producing. Mm. Um, and so we had moved back to the hood. Right, yeah, right. we moved back to the hood, moved back to the IE, left Hollywood, and all that. And got back to reality. Mm-hmm. I started making beats. We did our first joint, Throw It Back, that went viral on the internet. That mm-hmm. shit hit that a million views crazy. and went crazy. Mm-hmm. We got Throw It Back 2 actually coming on our debut album because that went so crazy back nice. in 2000. 
ten. Yeah, that's whenever crazy. that was. Um, so that was like our first. Then from there, we did like what's up. It, just a lot of our own solo stuff that I was producing, which was kind of crazy when I think about that. Um, that like that's the shit that popped us back off. And then so that pumped us up. We were doing shows and just doing our own thing. Well, yeah, we that's, start- how I saw, that's how I heard about you guys the first time was when you played with uh, Vince at the Troubadour. Oh, yeah, Word. yeah, yeah. You guys killed that. Oh, <laughs> thanks, and, bro. It was crazy because I was like, I'd never really heard audio push. And then I seen that show and you guys had like the whole, yeah. <laughs> everybody came out for you guys. Like, yeah. It was it was cracking. That was crazy. Yeah, you guys got good stage presence. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Thank so, you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you guys been performing together? Since like oh wait oh no nah, before, nah, before that way buck that, that. two thousand six seven how'd you guys meet we were solo um, oh well yeah we met uh, at Clement Middle School basically just playing basketball that was just I was twelve yeah I was thirteen okay. so like so you guys have been fucking partners for like. 10, 10 plus years, 12 yes. years. Right. So dancing, turning to rapping, all that. We just had the whole, all of that stuff. Where's Clement Middle School at? Redlands, California. Redlands. In, in the IE. In the IE. Yeah. Is that, is that the Murda? No, nah, the Murda's Marino Valley. Marino Valley. I went, to school, I went to high school in Marino Valley. Okay, okay. Um, What's cracking in Redlands as your kids? Redlands is like suburbia. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, got like some small parts but it ain't really nah, crazy. The yeah. Redlands is Redlands the is Redlands was the cool part and so Redlands is where we actually developed like our skate life and our skate world our skate world and just you know what I mean cuz that's um Redlands had this ill skate park at the time Brickyard car Brickyard and that was like so wild and so like you know what I mean they had what was the name of the skate shop in um was it is band B- band and um what's the other one right off the freeway? icon icon okay icon skate shop so that's where i really like developed my love for skating he did too like oh, so you yeah. skate oh yeah oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. yeah, Still? yeah definitely nice not i'm not like as we skate on tour more so so when we go to people's cities and like all the people who come out in the beginning of the show we skate with them and shit nice yeah that's a part of the vibe you got tricks my my tray flip is just wet. Butter. My tray flip is. I gotta do it. I'm rusty now, so I probably have to do it like ten. Try it like ten times. The eleventh time I get it. I ain't nice. going front. I hit the double kick like second try, third try. Last Yee. time I touched the board. So nice. Yeah. I'm in good shape. Hell yeah! So you guys like really out here skating? Yeah. That's tight. Straight, straight enough. I'm, yeah. I'll do some good ground shot. I'll whoop a yeah. nigga's ass in skate. I'm like to in get... the game of skate, yeah. I'll smash, I'll smash a nigga because I got enough. Like my ground tricks is solid. Hey, yeah, I'm not jumping off no rails and shit like that. Yeah. But I'm trying to be nice, like Rodney Mullen, nice. Oh, like yeah, how yeah, he yeah. can just sit there right there in a five foot foot space and, and fuck and wear you, up. you out. That's the yeah, boy. Like you heard that. Rodney Mullen speak? Have you ever heard him like do a public speaking? Nah. He's an interesting character, man. I think he's on the autism spectrum, I think is what I've read somewhere. So Word. he's like a little different, which is like what made him Ew. concentrate so, so hard like, on skateboarding. Dude, he was they, like watching like documentaries about him. He was like obsessive with skateboarding, like skating 12 hours a day in his fucking driveway. You know Damn. what I mean? Until he would just master shit. And I'm going to go look at some speaking on him. Yeah, you should. It's really hey, fucking interesting. Did you see Tony Hawk hit the 900? Yeah, for sure. Like recently though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just that- that was crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, he's like 50 he's now like or 50 something. something. Yeah. Yo, you know, he's I, awesome. hey, Tony Hawk just is be around downtown LA sometimes. Like, I'll see him I at will, bars I shit. will trip. Yo, yeah, yeah, I'll flip. I, I couldn't believe not, it. I seen Chad Muskin went crazy really? at a party. That's what? So you won't believe my, my nephews get to skate at Tony's Park. Oh, that's ill. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty tight. Dude. They're, they're like... Uh, 
I think the one that's getting real good is eight right now, and he's like getting sick. Damn, that's it. Oh yeah, that's yeah. when that's, that's when, that's when you're time. fearless. That's why because you yeah. don't really realize you could break your whole damn leg. Right, right. your arm. Like, you just... see, it's the video game version right. of it in your head. Right. You don't care. And he started when he's five, and at, when you're that when you're that old, you don't you can't you don't even have the strength to really push yet, but you get that fearlessness, exactly. and now it's starting to get fucking crazy with him. It's that's good. Crazy. Yeah. So, uh, how did you guys end up in Redland? How did your fo- like? I'm going to talk about family stuff. No, a little that's bit with you. How, how how did your family these end up in Redlands. Uh, my mom, like we we moved around a lot. How so, come? um, at shit. I, I'm my bad. I'm this is Octane. Yeah, what's up? This is Octane. Um, <laughs> nah, you could cuss. Um, you could cuss. We moved around a lot. Uh, I'm I was too young to even know or care really. Right. Like I was just I used to just be excited. I was going to like new schools, meeting new people. It was only like a couple times I was like, damn, new school. Like right. that's why. But, but all in California or all over yeah, the place? Yeah, it was always in the IE. Oh, so, okay, like, okay. I think uh, one time we might have bounced out to, like, the Bay, I think, for, like, some short period of time. Right. You got grandparents out here and shit, too? Yep. In L.A. or in the IE? No, everybody's in the IE. But, I mean, like, originally they come from Tennessee, but other than that, nothing that I remember. Right. That would affect me. You said you mentioned mom. Was like a single parent household, or basically like yeah. my dad was around, but like not around. Yeah, I had like a shit dad. Really? Dad, dad, you like suck. That's an ongoing theme of our podcast. Dads cause all the issues. Right. Nah, I, right. I don't feel. I mean, between me and my mom when I was younger, probably. Yeah. But I feel like now I'm just able to identify them now, and it's just like, Dad, you were a douche. I got to clean all this shit up. Right. So, right. Hey, that's, that's, hey, that's like a real artist thing. I feel like I got the same shit with my dad. He's wasn't the greatest. You feel me? And that's like a that's a really. <laughs> I really say that's like an ongoing theme of this podcast is just like bad dads. Like great art. <laughs> bad dad. What about you? How did you end up in the IE? Um. Oh well, in Redlands. In Redlands. In yeah. Redlands. Um. We would all. So my aunt. My auntie is like kind of like my second mom. Uh-huh. So my, it's my mom. It's my mom's big sister, uh-huh. and so like. Um, my mom had me when she was young. I was her first son. She had me when she was 16. Mm-hmm. And so she just was wild. And she just did some crazy shit to me one time. And she didn't really realize what she was doing. So I went and lived with my aunt for a little bit. This when I was five. Uh-huh. So my auntie is like the only one in the family who like owns a home. The only one. I'm talking about my whole family. The only one in the family who like owns a home. You got a lot of family out here? In the IE, yeah. 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 And now I got a lot of family in LA that I didn't realize I had on my mom's dad's side. So okay. that doesn't really like count as much for me, but they do count though. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, right, but, right. but no, so like my aunt was like our savior. Everyone's savior. Like she bought my school clothes every year. Um, like anytime you were like didn't have nowhere to live, you go live with Auntie Fifi. And like this was the savior of the family type wow. of vibe. Yeah. And so she lived in Redlands. So okay. anytime I was like, like when I lived in Redlands when we were in middle school, that's because we had to come live with Auntie Fifi. My mom, we all went and lived at her house, and so now I'm going to middle school in How Redlands. How many brothers and sisters? Um, I'm the oldest at this time. It was just me, my little brother who's two years younger than me, yeah. and my little sister who's three years younger than me. They had the same dad. My dad, my dad was in jail all my life. So the thing with my dad, like my dad was actually probably tight and yeah. would have been actually the shit. Um, he's just a criminal and a gangbanger and just a, a, a just fucking crazy dude. He's and just he's from, dumb. Is he from LA? No, he's from the IE. From the IE he's too. from a gang in the IE. He's crazy. Wow. He's hilarious. But no, he like when I was like five, I remember like 
I remember just waking up at his house one time. I think it was the, uh, like a, a big ass boxing match. And I just woke up on the couch and he was right there. And he was like, I'm your dad. And I was like, oh shit. And then so I just remember <laughs> I was there. I literally remember, yeah, I'm your dad. I swear I'll never forget it because I was the yeah, kid, like, so just because I have a son who's five. So just yeah. like my son, anytime I got in the car as a kid, I'm going to sleep. If we're not getting yeah. right to the exit or something, I'm knocked out. Yo, that still happens to me. As yeah, an adult. me too. Yeah. So, um, soon as I like I'm sleep and I was that kid I'm I'm a deep sleeper you could move me out the car I'm sleep so I literally woke up on the couch from people yelling and I'm just like where the hell am I and he was like I'm looking literally five years old like who are you people and he was just like I'm your dad and I was just like oh shit you know what I'm saying this is cool so then long story short um, my dad was like in jail for like 12 years he got out when I was 17 Um, then he went back to jail for like four years he had got out right and so he had been out all this little bit of time. My dad's been out of jail for like four years, something like that, three or four years, some vibe like that. But we we got to like rock together, like build a relationship, kick it. Like he started trying to rap. He did a video. He was oh, hilarious. Shit. He's like just freaking hilarious. But then he, he's back in jail because he's crazy. Like he don't right. really, I don't know. That's what happens with, with prison though. It's just like recidivism yeah. rates are so high. Like once you're in, you're in for fucking ever, man. Exactly. It's a, and it's I'm, a real shame. I'm like a real like IE baby. Like I lived everywhere in IE like right. and didn't, even come out of the I, I never spent the night outside of the IE till I got signed. Really? Like I never even have even I, I would go out of the IE and shit, but like I was a real IE. That's kid. so interesting to me because I figured um the I, I living in LA at the time that the jerk scene was cracking off and figuring that you guys' first big song was like that was a jerk song. Yeah. I, I thought maybe you guys were taking like convoys out to West LA and like hanging out in certain scene areas <laughs> where that was cracking. Cause I feel like, I felt like I, I could be completely wrong, but it seemed like the, uh, the epicenter of like the jerk movement was like Westchester or some right, shit. Right, right. You know what I mean? Well, I well, couldn't we, even really tell you where the epicenter of like, like <laughs> to really be real. Yeah. I was just, I wasn't into like, I'm going to the, right, like, right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. That's like, just what was cracking at the time. Nah, yeah, so, like, yeah. But it's more so a party day. Right, exactly. We, we right. were big, in, like, before all of the rap stuff got even took off, we were huge in the crump world. So oh. in the crump scene and crump dancing, yeah, we were huge in that. Like I, I was Clowning like, and shit. all that shit. We yeah. were huge in that. So a lot of like all the people from Rise, from Todd Eyes, Mio, every single person from Miss Prissy, all of them. Oh, no. That's how we learned the jerk. Was at Miss Prissy's event. Like, uh, so literally all those people we knew. So that's like how we had a relationship with the rejects, T Fly. A lot of these people, Chris Brown, we knew early like in the game. You yeah. know what I mean? And so um, this is all through Crump. We built these relationships. And um, so that's why we would travel out to LA, things like that. Uh, I would come out here, but I yeah. never I, I never spent a night. Uh-huh. And that's a big deal to me. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's so easy to spend a night. LA is an hour away. Why did I right. never spend a night out here? Right. You know, so that, but I would have to go home. How did you guys <laughs> find out about those kind of, like the Crump events and shit? Like, how do you get involved with that initially? Oh, that just came from being sick at what we act like. Being sick in the IE, you just find out where the actual crump sessions and like right. where everybody else a, is doing it at. So it was yeah. a real underground wave. But that was, like, yeah, the in stuff the mid-2000s, that was huge. Yeah, the stuff it that you light. see on the movies, we were in there. it for real. Right. Like, he was in it for real. Like, right. uh, like we were really in it for real. No it sh- it saved the movies our lives. don't do it any justice. It to saved just our lives. Come clean. The movies don't do it any justice. But like, right? Because like I've seen Rise, and and I was he- I was in L.A. during that time. I'm not from here, but I but I like would I, I would be around and see like that kind of shit cracking off at, at rap shows, even like just little circles yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But it's like 
in, in that movie Rise, they touch on it a little bit where it's like a big ass competition in like a little gymnasium or something. Yeah, but yeah. like those must have been like your weekends. Every week, every, right. every day, every week. That's every, so cool. We were going to people's garages yeah, battling. Like, it was every, it was all the real. all the weekdays after you got out of school, you went to people's house and you would train. That's so tight. And you would every train day. for the weekend because that's when the actual sessions were. Wow. So. It was life changing and and, and and it was dope at the time because a lot of it was spiritual. You know, a lot of it was built at that time around around spiritual around, like, spirituality yeah. and church and stuff at that time so like, is, it, is it Tommy the Clown Tommy, it? well Todd Eyes was like the dude invented Crump Tommy the Clown invented Clown Dancing uh, we didn't we clown when we were kids you know what I mean which was fun but too I did, that, that saved my like, life that was kind of a spiritual thing man, too man that right? shit was no? fun too yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah. cracking all that stuff was dope right. but, but the cool thing is, is like at the time you know when we would be dancing like for me when I was dancing I was not in the streets like I was like over all that shit so yeah. when you danced you could like like gangbangers didn't even mess with the dancers. Right. You know what I mean? They always got passes. Like, oh, if you dance, you cool. Like, oh, he danced. Right. Straight he, up. He, okay. So that was cool. Like, and we really loved it. You know what I mean? And so that's how we built those relationships, learned that shit. And, you know. I have like kind of a sociological question. And if you and if this question doesn't make sense or if it's inaccurate, I'm just going to edit it out. But here's the thing. I've always heard um, like that a lot of families got displaced to the IE because as neighborhoods in los angeles like in south la are getting we're getting gentrified it and like gang culture was picking up uh, in the 80s yeah. it's like families were getting in trouble fathers were ending up in jail and then everybody was like moving people, to the ie because it's cheaper there yeah so people yeah. what how it happened oh god yeah so uh-huh, how, how it happened was like um like you're saying the 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 street shit started getting heavy out here because right. the IE was initially like the valley, right. you know, like the desert type shit. I guess the valley. So I it mean, wasn't, I can imagine that thirty years ago it was probably empty. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just like crazy like that, but it's huge. You know right. what I mean? It's, a, it's huge. It's two million people out there right now. But so that that was that's that's now. Mm-hmm. But back then. Like, if you, like, care about, like, me, I cared about shit like this because I gangbanged. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Tukey, when he, w- when when Tukey ran and, like, was hiding out, he was hiding out in the IE. Right. You know, that was back then before people were moving out there. You know what I mean? But when that gang culture did start picking up, that is where they were going because, um, like you said, it was to cheap. The heat, yeah, of. it was cheap yeah. to get away from the drama. Right. You know, people, but what they realized, what they didn't realize were they brought the drama. Right. Y'all are the drama. Right. It don't matter where you live. Yeah, because now all, all that gang culture have just followed. moved from. LA yeah. to the, and it's the same thing with like Palmdale and that area any of that and, it, yeah. it is, man it's everywhere right. it's everywhere that's what, that's what people don't understand and now like right now the IE is the murder capital of California right now the highest I, the Inland Empire has the highest murder rate in California which isn't tight like I'm not saying that because right. that's cool I'm saying that because that's the reason why that's we serious. are how we are yeah. you know what I mean and we are the good vibe tribe and we rock how we rock because like the homie Hefty just got killed with his nine year old kid they killed him and his nine year old son in front of a liquor store uh, you know what I mean like uh, those type of moments we gotta go real, through right? on those a daily on a daily you know what I mean I'm losing people every year and that's somebody streets, that so. we started like in the crump he, he like, in crump world like he was one of the first people out uh, I like when you would think I eat dancers. That was one of the people. Straight up, but you know, How, what age were you starting to get involved with that culture? Game banging. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna be real with you. Like I literally was always in and out of it, man. I yeah. I, I thought I was started game banging when I was five years old. Literally, no like shit. me and my cousin City recipes. We really like put each other on, on, on. We put each other on as cribs when we was five, like wow. on some goofy shit. Yeah. And just because our cousins around us did it, and my big cousin Leo always had money growing up. How much up. older were your cousins? My big cousin Leo 
and my cousin Trajan were the ones who made me really want to be a crib in gangbang. And at the time when I was like five, Trajan had to be like eight or nine. But that, his brother, right? Listen, that's great. I'm serious. Yeah. But then his brother Leo yeah. was like. Leo had to be like 13, that's 14. So that's so young. young, right? But listen, back yeah. then, okay, so this has to be 95. Yeah. Leo's driving. And that's like the height of exactly. it. Exactly. So Leo drive like my cousin Leo at the time, he's like 14, 15. He's driving a car. He got so much. I remember his pockets would be bulging wow. when I was little. But then my cousin Trajan was like eight. But he, like, now I think about it, he really was only eight, but he seemed so big to me. Right. <laughs> he was like huge because my cousin Trajan's always been huge. Yeah. Like, and that he's still huge, you know yeah. what I mean? But he, like, he always made me just, we always were in that shit. But then coming in and out of it, like, rest in peace, my cousin City, like, we would always be like dibbling and dabbling. But then when I, like, turned, like, 12 I'll say is when I really start thinking I was like in the streets like I start selling weed I got my first pair of Jabos a white tee I seen baller blocking with my homies and I got put on this clique called Ruthless Mob and I just start banging like and just I always you know and just so corny it's in, just in LA gang culture a clique is kind of like well, that's like the the clique training is like, ground to be a, a, yeah, a depending on, yeah, yeah depending on where you at like so I mean cause you got some cliques that's like the clique is they shit like you know what I mean and that is they gang you right. know what I mean they just call it a clique because you know a, a gang is your is considered a hood right. you know what I mean and if you got a hood you got a region like where you from where you at you know what I mean but then your cliques you could start a whole clique of just you and your homies and that's how it started when we young you know what I mean young you start and you just got your little clique and that's why ruthless mob that was our clique you know mm-hmm. what I mean and I was you know then we had a, like I remember. I got DP when I was 13. That's how I broke my wrist. I, that's the only bone I've ever broken in my life because I got a DP when I was 13. So I was late for a hood meeting. Mm. At 13 years old, my mom would let me leave the house. Like, how y'all go get mad at me? You feel me? I literally got to the park and, like, a group of the homies was, like, right there. And then I already knew something was going to happen. I just didn't know. And they tried to, like, one of the homies tried to, like, walk me over to the side. And then I looked back and I seen all them coming at me. So I knew it was going to come. I tried yeah. to push them off me. And then he, like, did this shit to scoop me. Ooh. And, like, I fell on my wrist, and they all just started drilling on me. Boom, 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 boom. But then I turned. I was lightheaded, and I didn't know why the fuck I'm lightheaded. I'm like, what's wrong with me? And then I turned over. Your wrist And my backwards. wrist was, like, dangling. Uh, like, mm, I was like, yo. Yeah, so you're, like, borderline in shock. Bro, I was fully in shock. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Jesus Christ. That's crazy, man. But, yeah. W- did you have a similar experience growing up with that? Nah, me with gangbanging, I think, I just feel like... I mean, I was uh, being that all my homies was around it. I guess I was right. always around it, but right. I just always knew it wasn't for me. Like I knew how to fight. Like I knew how to protect myself. Right. I never just got in. I had other shit I was trying to do. Like you know I was what's playing basketball, yeah. dancing. I just had other shit that I just wanted to do. A, a lot of uh, <laughs> a, a lot of folks like. that I have on that, that I have on the show that grew up in LA, like that's kind of the thing. It's either like yeah, you're either you just know that you want to do it, or like you just kind of know it's not for you. And that's like there's Simple no, there's no that. yeah, there's no. Nah, it, it's I mean, a but then you got. Nah, I don't see instances where like somebody don't do it, but then something will happen to one of their relatives, and, and you got to do it. Now you got to do it, right. and then be so the I've savages. It, yeah, so I've seen it like that too. Right. But it's like luckily for me, nobody like all my homies was. I mean, we are because that's like, what for, for me too. Part, you know? That's what sparked a lot of my like 
getting back in it and going head on and shit. Like, when I would be younger, you know what I mean? Being 13, 14, niggas ain't really getting killed. They just, you scrapping. Right. You might, like, I remember the homie got stabbed yeah, and I think they, like, sliced his chest open and shit <sighs> like that with a screwdriver. Stuff like that's happening. But you, that's kid shit because you really ain't, you don't got a gun. But right. once the homie start getting once killed. Once start dying, like, was really like dying. Like, I remember when, when the homie start really dying, I was like, yeah, okay. It started getting cracking. Like, it's not, it's not nothing to play with. Like, right. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. Like, this is right. not something I'm about to give my life over. Like, nah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to ask, uh, when you guys met, were you kind of instant friends? Yeah, but no. So when we first met, yeah, I'm going to say, well, the only reason I say no is because when we first met, literally, I'll never forget it. We were on the basketball court. And it was like in the morning, obviously, like you get to school early, so you everywhere could hoop before school uh-huh. because, uh-huh. you know, everybody don't got the same recess or uh-huh. the same lunch. So where everybody meet up for sure is in the morning. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I remember like coming the in the morning and time. we was on different teams. I just remember I kept trying to block. I remember one specific game. I kept trying to block this nigga shot and I could not do it. <laughs> it was my only goal. Like, so you just get frustrated? To swat him. I wasn't even frustrated. I just was like, <sighs> every time I'm like running at this motherfucker trying to swat him and it was not happening. I just remember that. But then from there, like we became like, we were like that like I, yeah i mean i'm just this is my obviously my first time ever being around you guys but it seems like uh, a, a real opposite to track type thing do you guys feel that vibe Super. like like you're like you're very intense and very uh and he's so chill he's very chill and quiet yeah, yeah. i only get intense like when, when it's gotta be if it don't gotta be man i'm kicking right him. but i could tell that both of you guys are like heavy thinkers but you just yeah. express yourselves maybe a little differently yeah exactly yeah. That's what makes, man, that's one. That probably makes the studio very easy, though. That makes the studio, that makes us being a group easy because you got to understand, groups don't even last. Right. We didn't been through the trenches, the up and the down. You feel me? Obviously of it. We're like, it didn't do anything but literally make us stronger. You got, I've seen so many groups. Right. Groups that haven't even like reached a peak. Not even come close to a peak breakup. You know what I mean? But the fact that. One, we know who we are. Then we know who, like, I know how he is. He knows how I am. Mm-hmm. And that it, the worlds make sense. Like, if we both were outspoken, that shit wouldn't make sense. If we both say, were quieted, it sucks. If it was a group where there's two of you, it's going to be, like, headbutts. And exactly. if there's a group right. of two of you, it's going to be, like, two, like maybe, like, almost, it's too chill where nothing gets done. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, that's fine. Well, maybe that's fine. Yeah. But, like, what the two of you together, it's like, I like this. Yeah, I like that, too. Bang. And it just works probably. That's exactly how it works. And you guys <laughs> probably know each other well enough at this point to where, like, it's probably very hard for either of you to offend each other. Which is very important in a group setting. Yo, yeah. nowadays, yeah, that's what's crazy. Yeah. Like we, it, it'd be so rare, and it's it'd be like, so bunk petty I, if that. Yeah, I just be feeling like, all right, we've been doing this for long enough. Like yeah. even on a, a science standpoint, when you do something for long enough, you become a master at it. So yeah. it's like, okay, we called it this. We've been doing this for too long. If it's dope, it's dope. If it's shit, tell me it's shit. Right. Let's, let's rap. Let's, let's make the hardest shit. Let's, let's get it cracking. Yeah, right, right. So that's more so where I've been at with it now. Like I'm just aware. Right. I'm just aware now, yeah, so yeah. I'm just, I just want to put out the dopest shit for everybody because I feel like that is what the game is really missing. Like everybody's just releasing stuff. Like I want to release shit that's mad important, yeah. Yeah. but at the same at rate, a quality like, level. Because yeah, like at a quality level, but at the exact same rate. Because we're at a new generation where we're just younger and faster. Yeah, like, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm just happy, man. We're in a good spot right now. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys' output has been very high quality i would say like the videos on the youtube channel or the, on the vivo channel that have, that have been coming out this year are like 
astounding quality. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. You. appreciate Great. it. Great. And it's all been independent. Like, we've been independent since April, and that's when we start pushing out everything. And so, but we had to obviously, like, get our whole system going. Exactly. Get our whole system right. And now it's right. Now and that now the system is right, it's going to be music rain. Now man. it's crazy. Yeah, because it's it becomes a well-oiled machine after. Shout a while. out to our management, man, Terrence Huggins, and GMF, GMF man. man, the whole team is so sick over there. Sick. Um, I had a quick question that I thought of earlier when you were talking about your upbringing and your auntie or your auntie. Uh, I, I I listened to like a um I was listening to this one podcast man it's like uh actually you were just mentioning like the ten thousand hours type of thing to yeah. master your craft yeah, have you ever read uh, uh Malcolm Gladwell stuff some of it he's kind of the one who like popularized that that phrase yeah that whole he, thing yeah. he has a podcast where he was talking about this kid that that was like he's like Einstein level genius right but he's from he's from South L A he's from a really bad neighborhood he's this Mexican kid right and I'm talking like this guy's like Harvard level quality by the time he's like twelve years old you know. Right. And he gets um, he gets drafted into like or he gets like into this program where they put him in all these better schools in Beverly Hills. And he's getting bust out of the hood to go to school and yada yada yada. But his mom gets in trouble and he ends up in foster care and it like blows the whole shit. Damn. And what happens with people uh, with even with like genius students, right, is that if they get taken kind of out of their out of that routine of like here I am on the straight and narrow, right. what happens is. You start worrying so much about your real life and like I exactly. got to get back with my sister. I got to take care of my family that like you start to fuck up the other – like not fuck up. It's like the system just like doesn't even <clears throat> allow you to fuck w- with the other stuff that you're doing. So I'm, I guess basically that whole rant or, or, or story was just to kind of be like when that was happening and you're having to go back and forth with your auntie, was there like CPS drama where it's like the family's in turmoil at all? No, nah, thank God. Like so – well, we had our – my same auntie that I'm – by the way, I love you. Auntie Fifi, shout out to my auntie. Shout she's out actually, auntie she's actually um, part owner of my restaurant that we have. She's always been a chef, so you she's got a part, restaurant. Yeah, and I carries barbecue. So, oh food. shit, yeah, you got to eat there. Um, she's the owner, part owner, but she also is the chef, and so she's always been like a crazy chef all my life, and so that was like some ill, like my way of paying her back type vibe. That's but dope, man. Some way like that. It, it, it turned, barbecue, you said? Yeah, Carrie's Barbecue in San Bernardino. Oh, in San Bernardino. In the right. heart, yeah. Next time you guys go to a festival in San Bernardino, go check out Carrie's Barbecue. Exactly. If we're not catering it already, which I'm making sure that happens. There but when I was going through all those things, actually this same auntie, yeah. this is why she's so awesome and powerful and incredible. Like she had already ado- well, adopted my other two cousins. Okay, so my grandma had three daughters. My auntie my auntie Fifi, she's going to be so pissed I'm calling her Fifi. But um, her name's Janetta. But my auntie Fifi, um, her sister, um, my auntie Shakita, and then my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom's the baby. And so my auntie Shakita, she just was like heavy in the streets too. Mm-hmm. Like, because my family was involved with, um, you ever heard of Jim Jones? The real Jim Jones? Yeah. The whole thing, massacre. Yeah. So I lost an auntie in that. Um, and like my family used to go to his church. My auntie Shakita used to go to his church. My mom went, like, all it was, it was deep. And so when that happened, it like brought drugs into my family like crazy. So my auntie Shakita started like, just wilding and long story short she lost her two daughters so my they lived with my aunt um and when i moved with them they were in the system you know and so we didn't our shit wasn't messy like that with my mom it was just some because you're young somebody's in the system it's hard to like get them yeah. it's hard to get all the right paperwork exactly right? but yeah. the cool thing is that she's they're in the system but going with my aunt versus right. like going to foster her, her having to get them and right. these different things right. that was happening here and there but 
my aunt was that 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 auntie. Yeah. She was that sister who was like take care of the ex, the kids. She's not going to let nobody's yeah. kids be in the system. But my sadly, my auntie Shakita had a, a little bit too many kids, and so right. she couldn't save everybody. You right, know what I mean? Right, but right. she, which actually, my auntie actually has one of her. That's crazy <laughs> to think about that because my auntie has my little cousin Kanye who lives with her. Yeah. His name's really Kanye too, guys. But my That's little, right. my little cousin, my little cousin guy, it's dope, but I hate it. My little cousin Kanye actually lives oh, with my aunt and. That's my auntie Shakita's son. Yeah. And he's only like 10. Wow. So she's still doing that. She's taking care of his... Damn, shout her. out Aunt, Auntie Fifi. And when I tell you, like, my two cousins that lived with her that were in the system, they're grown. They're yeah. like... They were my big cousins. I call them my sisters, but right. they're my big cousins, you know? Right. And so we didn't have to go through that messy, like, CPS vibe. It was yeah. just either you're young, you can't take care of all of them, right? He needs to live with me. Or... Um, you're fucking up. You're getting in riots at school. You're being too bad in high school. Go back, move to Redlands. So that was how that happened. Nice. So it was like turbulent, but mild turbulence. Yeah, I loved it. I was yeah. like trying to get to Auntie Fifi's because I knew I could get spoiled. She loved me. Yeah. That was the reason why I got spoiled. Like, like I was her first nephew from my mom. So like she was crazy about me. Right. So I was like trying to get over there. <laughs> were you guys, were you uh, artistic from a young age? Definitely. I think so. I, I bet you drew. Nah, I didn't draw. I did. You did? Yeah. yeah, like I drew I drew like no oh yeah, actually okay, so I always had hair my whole life. Yeah. So um Lucky you, man, you got a lot of hair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have I don't have For this I had just an afro, I used to get it braided uh-huh. by every like every day. Yeah. Um on my papers I used to just draw this little dude, I still draw him all the time. It's like this little dude, but his hair is super big, an uh, afro. Yeah. And that's how I write my names. In my uh, my science class, that was like my fifth period, uh-huh. I just draw the little dude, and yeah. that was my name on the paper. She already did. She just let me do that. That's Shout funny. out Miss Dennis. At Shout Lewis. out Miss Dennis. You just had like a symbol. You were like Prince from a young age. Straight up. <laughs> like, straight up. So like that, but other than that, I don't consider myself, I, didn't, I never considered that. Drawing because like my big brother, shout out Big E. This nigga's like incredible. Like yeah. he could draw. I used to be like, what the like? Right. Yeah. So like when I would draw, I just thought it was like nothing. But I, what, when you look back at yourself as a kid, how do you see yourself? Were you a daydreamer? Were you a, were you like a student? Were you what? What do you look back at as yourself, or look back at yourself as? Uh, I just knew that I was going to do whatever I liked doing. Like, and I tried all of it. Like, that's what I got to give myself credit for. Like, when I wanted to hoop, until I realized I was, like, 4'11 in my sophomore year of high school. And I wasn't, I was short until, like, literally middle of my sophomore year, starting junior. Uh. I was not a tall nigga. Um, Me neither. Um... Yeah, until then, Still I was like, so. I didn't care. I was 4'11", like, yo, Muggsy Bogues, that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> right. Like, I was going hard. Like, until I realized and went into there, like, that it wasn't that. When I tried football, I really tried it. Yeah. Like, until I got smacked by somebody that's really an NFL player now. Uh. So it's like, I knew that wasn't for me. But right. I tried everything. I, that's what I would say, like, about my kids. So, so skating, heart, everything. You had heart. You would put your whole, whole like, I'm just not afraid to, yeah. I'm yeah. not afraid to be like, you know what, if it don't work. I'm a human. Like, I just always knew that. Like, messing up was part of it to me. Like, it's like, if you mess up, 
I was never like I think it's because I learned skateboarding so early. Right. Like fucking up is a part of it. So like once I've learned that, it was like I felt like I could just try and do anything. Right. Because to to really get good at skating, you have to be like you got to so really dedicated, but also so patient and like so patient, so willing to fail. Like yes. it's not. It's it's like the getting back up is the most important. That's like uh, you damn. I'm damn near gonna make my son learn to skate because that's like something that you should you teach. That. It teaches yeah. you patience and it teaches you to keep trying because well, the moment you do it, you try fifty times. But when you finally land that damn kickflip, it's like, what is sex? I think, I think, what is money? I think that's my biggest thing about (laughs) skating. Like, even like times like now, like when we're recording so much, we can't skate. Like we we're just doing too much. Like, right. We just don't get to skate. I respect it so much because you're literally giving your whole entire body just to figure out if you can land on a piece of wood on right just to see if you can do it like t- man you know that what? I, type of dedication i tried always- to pick one up when i was like when i was a kid and i didn't have that heart for it and it's funny when i watch my little nephew doing it and you see like how obsessed as an eight-year-old like he turns into a full-on fucking adult trying to get a trick where it's like right. he's getting frustrated he's like he's like just so Which zoned so in and you're like whoa and, I, and i'm just like i look back as a 35 year old going like damn this fool when he's like 20 is going to accomplish any fucking thing that he wants straight straight up, you know what up. i mean because you gotta be telling him shit like that though. yeah oh, like, always yeah like yeah. you're gonna accomplish everything you put your mind to don't you stop right that little shit counts like i i, I really remember like mad little shit like that that people told me when yeah, I was younger yeah yeah. Definitely. so now I make a point for kids I right. just feed them all type of oh, ill shit I'm the same way you know what's funny with, like specifically talking about that with him like so I'll see him get frustrated and I'll be like yo man you're gonna land a trick if you think that you're gonna land the trick. Like if Period. you get positive with it, yeah. and don't be like, "Oh, I'm so mad." Get like, "This is the one. This is the time I'm gonna land." Right. And, and and I'll pump, I'll, I'll pump him up like that and like. Two more <laughs> tries, he got it. Got you know it. what I mean? Yeah, that's like, it. yeah. And so, and so I just feel like applying that kind of that's shit. That's the age, yeah. When they're yeah. that young, you got to teach them that they can do anything. Right. Because, like, as a kid, I feel like trying all that shit self-taught me yeah. into knowing that I can do anything. But to put your kid on the fast track to chasing his dream, just right. let him know he can do anything. Absolutely. Man. Like, straight up. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, on that same note, like, there's this, there's this little kid that... um He's a he's a razor scooter. He's a pro razor scooter kid. You know? <laughs> no uh, man, I forget his name. But like, like how many tricks can you even do? No, bro. I'm telling you, this, I can't remember ridiculous. his name. But this motherfucker is like legit famous. I'm talking like like millions of YouTube followers, millions Word. of Instagram followers, right? And so that's what's so crazy with like little kids now is that they're on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like he right. got an Instagram account. Like his friends got Instagram accounts. Right. They, they fucking DM each other and Straight shit. Up. Right. And so one day, um, one of his little homies was like, "Yo, I." Saw saw such and such his friend the, the the like pro razor scooter i saw him at the skate park and they're like they started brainstorming like oh man you know what we should start doing that we should like start vlogging every day and like recording and i'm like trying to tell them like hey <laughs> you're right you should be doing that but i also want you to understand like how hard that kid works at that to Period. have those 16 million instagram followers like you don't understand that his whole life revolves around that right. so like I love but that to know hustle. that them dudes yeah. is already eight plotting. Thinking like, that. Thinking that shit. I used to be eight recording, though, yeah. like every day. So that's why hearing shit like that, like I used to wonder. I used to re- go record at my grandma's with my cousins, like steal her tapes and Super grab young. a boombox that had the little mic mm-hmm. import right there and go put it next to the TV. And we used to make songs every damn day. Like that's I, so Every day. Like we weren't playing. Who were you guys listening to when you were kids? 
my first Everything. rap album that I ever owned that was like mine. I didn't buy it, but yeah. my homie Louise bought it for me. It was the Marshall Mathers LP. Ooh. I used to listen to like yeah. everything, but that was the first CD that was mine. That's so true. I used to like my mom didn't even know I had it. I so that's how much you gotta imagine how much I used to study that shit because no one even knew I had it. I used to just be listening on my own, which is so eerie so when you think like about it. So you're like nine years old, probably. Yes, listening to this nigga kill yeah. his wife, kill his mom, everybody. But right. then I also heard that I don't do black music, I don't do white music. I make five music for high school kids. Put lies at risk when I drive like this. Right. I put wives at risk with a knife like this. Uh, like ooh, early hearing yeah. that type of gangster shit. Oh man, I'm, that's what I'm trying to think. I came from so many directions. Like, okay, so I got a big brother again, Big E. Yeah. He was big on like the hip hop. He's the reason my freestyling is ridiculous. Yeah. Is because the first things I can remember as far as like real veteran rap and hip hop wise uh -huh. watching was like shit like the Wake Up Show. He would Ooh. buy the VHS of oh, that. Shit. So I got to see the real Eminem freestyle. Yeah. Every night, damn near, because right. he would play this shit all the time. So I would, I got to see that when it first happened. Wow. So I got to see all that type of stuff. So I got that whole value of the whole freestyle. Then, of course, you, I'm coming home to BET regardless. So right. I'm getting Bow Wow. I'm getting all of that. So I wanted to be like little Bow Wow off right. rip. Then my mom is playing Mary J, all of the ODs, all of that. So I had a mix of everything you had like a well-rounded lot of musical influence i'm riding home i get my big brother would pick me up from middle school every day he'll play like anything from mf doom to wu-tang like so oh, I, it was ridiculous nice. like like to this day i think that's probably my biggest unpopular i'd probably get jumped for this if i'm like around people that knew this but like i've never been a fan of like mf doom's music. really he was somebody whose flow was the first flow i ever didn't understand yeah I, you know what when i first heard it, it it almost left a bad taste in my mouth pause but like now <laughs> i look back and i'm like oh they, I, I rock with mf doom's I movement yeah, yeah like i love the fact that he has a cult following but as far as like music me and my big brother that's somebody that because he rides for him it's MF an Doom, acquired right? taste but i love it now yeah you know what's weird that you just brought that up i was listening to npr today and they played rap snitches the the instrumental rap snitches yeah, yeah, telling yeah. all their business yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beat, they don't start witness they was playing that beat on npr and i was like oh shit um yeah mf doom it has some wild flows though when you go back now like, yeah like, you're like damn the the, the rhyme schemes are just oh yeah no no, crazy. no no yeah don't get it so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely I definitely get it but, but for me but it was I just like it's also that that weird monotone flow like it takes a minute to get it, it almost sounds like he's not doing anything while he's doing yeah, so exactly. much exactly you know what and I mean? it was just like at that when I was that not young doing I didn't, anything while he's doing so much like right, yeah when I was right. when I was that young I just didn't understand right any totally of that. I feel that but so, yeah so, so how long was it before you're trying to you want a French fry. I'm good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he had to grab fries. It's fry break. How uh, how long was it from the time where you're trying to swat him in a basketball game to when you guys start making music together? Uh, a just a couple years. Like we had, because that was in middle school. So we had gotten in high school, and then when we went to high schools, we split up. Yeah. So like that's when he was out in Mobile. You went to Marino. Yeah. And and I was I was out in Colton and Redlands, like okay. between those two. Yeah. So my freshman year, I went to Redlands High. Mind you, I was one grade ahead of him uh -huh. so uh, i went to redlands high my freshman year and um that was cool that was dope but then when uh ray real uh the one that introduced me to hit boy the first person to ever produced for me anything produced for us all of that right he lived across the street from me he was like when this is when i still lived in colton he was like yo you got to come to colton high this year because he knew i battle rap uh -huh. and i crump dance he was like everybody think they tight at this school they not tight you really tight at this shit like come up over here you'll love that shit right boom 
So when I went there my sophomore year, uh-huh. he went to Redlands High. Oh, so you guys just missed each other. Man. Yeah. So if we, so, I always, we would have told Redlands High. I always yeah. think about that. Like if I, because my Cause little I brother, the man my Redlands little High. brother hated me like for like three, because he was two grades under me. Right. So when I was going into my sophomore year, he was coming out of uh, his, um, Eighth grade. Eighth grade year going into ninth grade, so all his friends were going to Redlands High. Uh, uh, he fucking hated me. For going to Colton. What? He could not st- I remember that he had to come to yeah, that mean he, he oh, had to go with me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like I always think back, like if I would have just been like, all right, Stayed Redlands. like I always wonder what would have happened. Would've had an extra yeah, year jump. Said that to say after that, um the way we had clicked up was uh through Crump. Yeah. I used to just be I used to be getting at a lot of people that that crumped out in Redlands. Yeah. <laughs> and they was just like, all right, we used to come up with this church called The Rock. And they said, all right, we going to come with the homie. He gonna, uh, y'all going to battle. This nigga going to chew you. This, that, the third. I'm like, all right, bring your homie, whatever. I show up. I'm there ready to get off, whatever. This nigga hits the corner. I'm like, holy, this is this. We hadn't, we hadn't I ain't seen, seen each other for like years. Middle years. school. Right. Wow. So he hits the corner thinking, yeah. I don't even know if he even knows like this, that it was finna go I down. Sure didn't know. Yeah. So I see this nigga. I'm like, oh, boom, boom. As soon as we shook hands, they was all like, what they the fuck? They jaws dropped. They jaws dropped. I like, was their secret weapon that they was bringing to beat him. <laughs> you were the rigger. I was that dude. Oh, and, and I was coming to chew whoever, whoever it was. Whoever it I was. just knew yeah. I had to come battle somebody. And they said, we got our ace, our fucking ringer that over here. That ended into like, a big ass session. And that's then, so, so funny. That was sick. Hey, and that's then, like um, some Ocean's Eleven shit like you guys. That is like, when I think about it. Like our movie, our audio push, like, what is that, a biopic? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, like I think about that a lot. Like we really have had like all the movies. Well, so scenes. what happens when you guys like when you guys see each other? It's just like you, we just you shake went up nuts. Like what? we was like, oh, what's the deal? And that just turned into a big old session. Like yeah, we just start yeah. dancing. Like, start dancing. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a, let's see what we we could do. Right. So that that was dope. And then um, so then that just went from uh, that grew obviously into as time passed. We was both doing our own music, and then um, he'll do shows, and I'll be his hype man. And then when I would do my songs, he'll be my hype man. So yeah. that's how we just got a feel for each other. No, nah, because listen, I'm not finna leave this out because I'm not ashamed of this shit. What up? We had an online reality TV oh, show that. called Buck That. Oh, yeah. What? And it was yeah. based around, listen, it was based around Crump. On this my, is before... On MySpace? No. Oh, yeah. yeah we was, was running it through MySpace. MySpace. Yep. yep. But it was on YouTube. Or we, we had it on, we actually had our own website. It shit hit a million views because I... Well, it was popping, but then what made me really push over to a million views is because I battled battle tie dyes. Yeah, uh. I battled tie dyes on our reality show. Yeah, and I'm talking about it was like a real reality show. It was so cheap and terrible, and we were so young, but that shit was so sick. That's it was way ahead of his time. Yeah, so basically, it. we've been doing this whole internet whatever the hell we wanted to since yeah. we were young. That's crazy. Like Fuck since before it was a wave. Like buck that. That it was I'm, called buck that. Is because, it still online? Probably. It's still, um, yeah, there's like some small ass retarded clips on there. But it's like, terrible. But I don't care. Because it was, so it it was, was awesome. Fun. And like, we, it was like our first time going to real studios. We had our own show. Like our first real show, we doc- we like documented it all in the, on the little reality show. Right. And so, like, we had the show. We built a street team. It was crazy. I battled this dude for this girl back then. It was, she was, <laughs> yeah, wow. it was awesome. It was crazy. Well, and then that probably built like a little... Uh, it built a fan base for us. It built definitely. a fan base for one, but then when you guys are going off to the labels, you're able to go, oh, look, here's all this other shit that we've well, done. Yeah, this like, was, and this was so far before, so before labels. labels. This was like us just in the streets, promoting clubs. That's like, what, getting 04, clubs 05? High. No, was, so it's probably like 05, 05. 06. Yeah, 05, wow. 06. Like, crazy. Like, this is when... Uh, yeah, see, yeah, this is when like R.I.P. Uh, DJ Rowdy A. There's this kid named DJ Rowdy A. He would be like, he would be like 
California Diplo right now. Right. Yeah. If he was alive. No doubt. If he was alive. Like oh, he was literally no our doubt. age, oh five, oh six. Mexican yeah. kid. Touring. Like Wow. Dropped out of like, like just yeah, was like out he of school. Was back then. He was out of school and literally he was just like, I can pack these clubs every night. And literally we used to just promote, throw the clubs, perform at them with them, and just get money as yeah. just that young. He was doing this like so this I'm talking about before this was a culture yeah, wave. We yeah. were in the IE like Damn, I love that. Yeah, you guys have such like a fucking pedigree and like such a history of hustling. That's amazing. It's crazy. I, I always like I think about that shit all the time. Like when I be saying I'll randomly say that, like rest in peace, DJ Rowdy A, I really believe like he would be revolutionizing music in a way. Cause he was so that ahead. Sucks, he was like bad. a kid. Touring and making thousands of dollars every night That's so just crazy. off of what people are just now starting to do. Damn. Everything that he's talking about, he was already having. He died in a car And crash. he died in a car accident oh. on a tour. Damn, that's terrible. So it's like, I think about that shit all the time. That's man. terrible. So yeah, but. Um, you know what's f- funny? Like, I, when I used to rap, I'd always get people, like, sending me emails that'd be like, yo, how can I get involved? Like, how can I make this work for myself? How can I get in the scene? And it's like, realistically... You, like you guys are the answer like that's the thing like what people don't realize is that people that really start making it and doing it they've been working on it since they were 13 14 yeah. 15 handing out flyers carrying fucking backpacks for other people getting in the club to rap one song when you're 16 and standing at the back because you're not allowed to be inside etc cetera, etc cetera. you know damn what I mean? story of our lives yeah right paying to get on school tours handing out flyers at all the schools um performing at kids bar mitzvahs kinsietas anywhere you name it damn it we didn't been there backyard well, all bookies. that all that stuff that it teaches you is like now that the thing that we got that we know a lot of people fake is like we know we're a wave. Mm. Like you have to be very sure of yourself when you go out in here and do this shit, and that's why we're able to stay and come and go as we please and tour as we please because we know when we want to. Like we're about to take it there now. Mm. So it's like now that we're, we just had to sit back and play the game, and now that we know the rules of it, we're ready to play. But I it's like, like the mastery of it and what and what it takes. I feel like a lot of kids just think you can just really get out here and make one song and get it cracking and that's that. And that's why you're seeing so many kids come and go and come and go and come and go right. because they're unaware of how to keep pedaling on the right, bike. Right. They just know how to get that bitch off the ground. Right. And it's like we're about to show. We're, we're just about to show. We're about to show out, man. And within us showing out, we're independent. So that's what makes it the best. It's the fact that we uh, we we own it all. Right. It's all money in. Like shout out to Nip. <laughs> but literally, like it's literally all it's all in. And so we got full control. But then it doesn't matter what we do. I don't give a shit if we sell hundred thousand or a hundred copies. I don't care what it is. It's all us. Right. Shit's I, I, awesome. I try to push that to young artists so much where it's like, you know getting that instant buzz off of one big song or something that's great but a lot of times people aren't ready to run for it and then or run with it when when they do that you know what i mean and what's positive about when you've had a long time in the game to learn it you hit a certain point where you're like oh it like clicks and you get it and you understand that like you need to build your own fan base and that the press doesn't matter as much as the content that you put out matters or like building that like getting your own subscribers up getting people to visit your website not visit clicks about you on other websites you know what i mean like uh that independent hustle is the shit that can make it last you know 10 years to 15 years instead instead of two years you know straight up that's how you get that tech nine that tech that you get your butt on forbes exactly all your little 
favorite trendy rappers ain't on Forbes. Guess right. who's on Forbes? Big crazy Tech Nine. And that oh, and then the great story about Tech Nine is like people have just started hearing about him in the last five years, not realizing that he had twenty five years before that Come on, of man. hustle. You know what I mean? Straight up. And so you guys already got that ten years of hustle, and so now it's gonna like you're, you're right. Like you've done your ten years, master the craft, and now it's like time to release nah, yeah. the beast. Now I just you know feel I mean? like yeah, I feel yeah. like now I've got all the gear on. Yeah, run it. Right, right. Um, so let's talk about when you guys you got you get signed, and then when do you get introduced to Hit Boy? Okay, we've known Hit Boy like this is. I was introduced to Hit Boy when I was what Colton. I was yeah when I was going to Colton High. I was oh no like, way yeah. Is he Ray older Real, than you guys? Yeah, he's older than me. So right. was he already kind of on at that point? Nah, nah he well, just I met was him making he, Octane was. They were like rapping, like freestyling together in Octane. Like this dude was one of the first people to ever rap on a Hit Boy beat. Uh, like, like okay, <laughs> so Ray Real walked me down to his crib just one day randomly. He was like, "I gotta take you to meet my producer, homie. This nigga's tight." So he walked up the street, and it was Hit Boy's crib, and it was like the first what you would say same month or week he started making beats or was making beats. This nigga was just cold though. Because for those of you who don't know Hit Boy, I mean it's produced for Kanye, Niggas in Paris, Click, yeah, um, Flawless, uh, all our shit, not all our shit. What am I talking? But all, a lot of our good, great shit. Um, he didn't done countless hits. So yeah, at this point he's a legendary producer, right? So this yeah. is when he was like 16 years old. Wow, I was like crazy. 14. Wow. So I, I walked in and he just started playing beats and his his cousin. I think it was his cousin Takeoff. His name was Takeoff. Yeah. He was there, and we just freaked out. Literally on all his beats. What were the beats like back then? Already banging? Um, he was better than anybody I had heard. Yeah. That was really probably the main thing all of us had that in common. Was well, like we back, were always a cut above everything that was around us. And back then, like 10, 11 years ago, was that a th- was he like on an MP or was he on? Nah, was he was he on, he on Fruity Loops. He came in the game on Fruity Loops. People sleep on Fruity Loops. This is like when his favorite Amen. producers was like Pharrell, Timbo. So like he was on some bounces. When Hit Boy found it, like back then though, found it, he was fire. Like Hit Boy was fire back then. Like, Hip Boy plays beats still from back then that it's like, God damn. I, I had to be like, I didn't meet Hit Boy till a little after that. So yeah. I probably met Hit Boy when he, they were like eight, like probably two years after that or some yeah. shit. But I remember just being a fan, like literally going to his MySpace, rapping on his beats every day. Like oh, that shit. nigga's shit was fire always. He's, yeah. that's, that's one thing about it. He always had an ear for production. He just didn't even know it. It's uh-huh. crazy. I mean, it's so crazy. He's the one who told us to be a group, my bad. Oh, no, yeah. Well, tell me about that then, if he's the one who told you that. I mean, everybody in, in the city had just seen us at shows and they doing our own knew. things. And now nah, he just randomly asked. He was like, are y'all a group? Like, we was just talking about music, I guess. And he was just like, are y'all a group? He was like, nah. He was like, y'all should be a group. <laughs> and we, that's how it happened. We really looked at each other like, word. And that was the first time, because mad people had said it, but we was just like, uh, whatever. And then that was the first time we really was like, damn, all right, this might get really... That's and this crazy, was before though. he ever got signed, any of that crazy This is at his mom's house in the room where he made the Niggas in Paris beat. No shit. That's crazy. That is kind of crazy. That's, that's a dope story. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying, man. Our biopic is going to be all right. Right. Later, right, though. I'm talking right. about later, 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 obviously. Yeah. Let, yeah. Me, let me play like a shady label head or something. Yeah, something. You know? Uh, <laughs> trying to see if he looks like anybody. Put me as one of your teachers in elementary school. Uh, yeah, I almost aired out a, a label head. My best. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, yeah, I, just randomly today, I saw like that Kid Cudi tweet 
that you guys are mentioned in. Right. He said, oh, shout out to all my young fellas doing it, yada, yada. And he shouted out, actually, he shouted out another dude that's been on the show, Super Duper Kyle. Shout out to Word. Super Duper Kyle. That's, that's the homie. That's the homie. He's a good dude. Uh, and then shout out you guys and Hitboy and said he sees y'all. That was awesome. How did that, that was cool? Cuddy, Cuddy did a YouTube, like, a little while ago, and he said in the the radio, he did an interview, and the radio person asked him if you could put together a super group mm-hmm. of MCs right now, who would it be? And he named us and Logic. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, like that's anybody real tight. anybody that knows me knows about Cuddy, like and knows like I'm a super fan of like, really? that guy's music. So it's like to even see that. That's another thing that just it just makes me like. Anybody that's ever hated, it's like, I can't see that anymore. Every right. person that I've ever admired in music, art, whatever, yeah. I've either already met, has already told me my shit's dope. There's nothing somebody that doesn't literally. like my shit can say. Literally. Right. Like, literally everybody you can think of. Except Michael Jackson. Except, like, piece. Michael Jackson. Except Michael Jackson and people like that. But as far as, like, your favorite producer, whatever, I've already been told to my face my shit is ill. So uh-huh. it's like... I guess I just, and even then, it, I never needed the validation, but for the, the, the peak of who I thought was the illest, for those people to be telling me, like, my shit's ill, yeah. it just makes me want to just go and just, That's now, like, it just makes me want to put out at, like, the craziest rate. That's dope. So it's like, I'm just ready, man. You know, it's interesting to, like, learn that you guys have been doing this together for so long, because like I said, when I saw you at that Vince show... Uh, I mean, he brought out shout out to Vince. He's hilarious. His head, his fucking album funny. cover with that big ass head is awesome. He brought out who Common. He brought out Common at that show. Oh yeah, yeah, I do and remember my that. Yeah, fan yeah my shit. mom was so tripping in there. Be- I couldn't I believe it. Vince. Vince, I hate you, bro. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, that it was dope. I, I was up in the I was up in the top, and I was like, they had just put out that collab together, and I was like, I'm yeah. gonna I was like, something seems fishy. You gonna bring it? And I was like, oh shit. And you know, I look like the white Common, so I was like, oh, the white Common. <laughs> I looked like light skin comedy. That's hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I saw you guys on stage, and I went, "I've ne- I haven't heard of these dudes, but I could tell that like your your chops, like you already had the stage chops. Like you could, even without knowing your story, I knew that you had been doing it for years because like it was just organized, and it was like you guys knew what you were doing together on stage, and I, and I love that, and that's always uh, I just respect the fuck out of that always when I see live that's performances. Love. So yeah, so if you guys can out there listening can catch audio push. Go do it because it's worth it. Um, still moving tour. First day starts September 23rd with Dizzy Wright. Get your tickets. Still moving tour. That's right. Other previous kind of neat uh, alumni, Dizzy Wright. You guys are going on tour with him. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you have a song with him, right? Yeah. yeah and Dizzy came from the live. jerk movement, which is pretty hilarious, but people don't really know that. That's he was right. actually very small in the jerk movement. No, right? t- I think he told me about it on the podcast. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He was somebody, man, it's crazy that you said that we'll get off that stuff, yeah. but he was somebody who told me like a while ago that. Our show, our live show back then in those jerk days is what inspired, like, what made him realize he has to have a dope live show right. back then, right. which is sick. And now we're, like, on his tour, right. which is tight. Right. That's I, dope. I, that type of shit humbles me. I don't care. That's dope. That's really dope. <laughs> um, so just take me through briefly, like, what's happened in the last few years where, like, after you're off Interscope, uh, you've obviously kept in touch with Hitboy and yeah. Hitboy, like, re-signs you to Interscope. How does that happen? Just like you just said it, we just always vibed. Yeah. Uh, we were we were actually signed to uh, Kedis and Sean. So when that when that had went uh, left, we had just we kept grinding. Of course, we was on the always getting cracking. Yeah. Probably start producing again. Got the streets back hot. It was cracking. Uh, hit did niggas in Paris. 
literally biggest song after that it waved i remember being in his room the night that album came out tripping about that song and then after that you know a song's big when it invents new slang because like people still say cray oh like this day like bling bling you know what i'm saying it just becomes that was not not, that one song you know when they tell you all you need is one Mm. that was that's definitely that Mm. that's all it took yeah i mean he'll be rich off royalties off that forever i'm pretty sure Yeah, yeah like my kids will know that song Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. So. Um, and that it was crazy. Like you said, like, just running around heavy, working with him and stuff. And when you guys deal, like, I was one of the first people he called, like, when you guys deal with Interscope with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, we, we were who we wanted. Well, he had wanted to sign us at the time, but it was like, it wasn't like official. It was just like, he, he just knew he wanted to. He just didn't really know how to go about it or whatever. But then we were like working together heavy because he got signed as artist as well. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we had all these crazy records and Manny Smith, um, he's the, the best A&R ever at, uh, not ever, but the best, yeah, the best A&R ever at Interscope. Fuck Shout it. out Manny Smith. Shout out Manny Smith. Um, go, he came go in, A&R. yeah, he came in, he's, he came in, heard this record and was like, y'all want to sign y'all. I want y'all to come back to Interscope, whatever. But, you know, and then we did it through Hit Boy's situation. What and, record was it? Um, it's a song called Single for the Night, okay. <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Shout out to S. Dot. Um, we had, that was one of the songs we did back in the hood. Uh-huh. Um, he heard and it was a smash but you know the label's always been just dropping the ball on our songs which is great it was for all of that always was for a reason because right. it was for this moment now right. which is 90951 the album where we're at now is for us to now when we blow it's on one, your own accord yeah it's on our own accord but now we know who we are we know our message we know right. why we're doing it we know what we want to say in these interviews we know it's the good vibe tribe like we know we're doing it for the greater good yeah so it's like back then you know i can honestly say like i probably would have fucked over millions right who knows i would have right. ain't no telling i don't know but now i know what i'm gonna do like right. now i right. know what we're gonna do with the platform right you know what i mean and so yeah, I always think about that. It's like, man, sometimes if people, if you blow at the wrong time, like you're just gonna blow it. You're not gonna blow up. Period. You know what I mean? And just, God obviously cares a little bit. When you're about fucking us. seventeen, you don't know what to do with a million dollars. You know what I mean? It's very. Like, there's like, for every soldier boy, there's a million other. There's a million fucking other people that you never hear of. It's a, you know? Right. Right. So. And luckily, Soldier Boy lasted. Shout out to Soldier Boy. His first Shout album out was boy. awesome. Soulja Shout boy. out Chief Keef. Most like so right. in- influential. You just turned twenty one. Jesus Chief, Christ. Chief Keef was crushing it. But anyway, but uh, no, like young that's, millionaires, like exactly, you know. But at the end of the day, it's kind of about the the longevity and the right. music of it because right. the money, the money will come and go. You know what I mean? But if you love music like we love music, I want our, I want our voice to not come and go. Right. I want our voice to live forever, Bob Marley level. Mm-hmm. Like when we're going, our voice still be living. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so a legacy, I, exactly. So however long it takes to make that happen, I'm willing to do it. You know what I mean? Versus that quick ass glow, and then you got money and shit and like but you're no one wants to hear your music a career is a marathon not a sprint come on now you know and that's what we're in it for and this yeah. and you gotta think about it everything all that whole story we've been given for this whole hour all is leading up to right now which is just our debut album we're just now putting out an album for sale ever right. we've never had nothing out for sale but an ep we just put out Amazing. in april what's the what's the album called 
You, are you guys, if you guys don't have it premiered, nine oh nine five one. No, we definitely okay. Nine We just need to let it breathe for a yeah. second. Okay. Y'all needed okay. to get ready. Okay. It's nine oh nine five one, and that's both nine oh nine. That's the area code. Yeah, it's both area codes. Nine oh nine and nine five one. Yeah, so okay. it's two, and we combined it and created our own code to the IE. It's not a zip code. It's your entry code. Bang. You feel me? Nine oh nine five one, and we bring you inside of the city. You know awesome. what I mean? And Hell yeah. Did you guys have a... We have a song called Heaven Yeah. So you see how you just said Hell Yeah? Yeah. There's a record called Heaven Yeah that we're actually finna jam to. That's the one that we're going to perform tonight. Exactly. And the message behind that is about that. It's how we don't even realize how we just subconsciously speak hell into our lives and don't even realize it. And obviously, if you're not spiritual, it doesn't matter. But who cares even if you are, if you're not... I'm sure no one wants to go to hell if it is real. And, you know, people don't... Like I say, like... We say hell yeah. There's nothing yeah about hell. The yeah. law of attraction is real, and what you speak is eventually revealed. Oh, you, you ever was the was the Adult Swim show Black Jesus? Yo, that dude's hilarious. He's we know hilarious. Him. Oh, really? Yeah, he's awesome. he's on GTA Five. I love that. I GTA love that. Awesome. awesome. I, I I just love uh, that show. He's always like, man, heaven's no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? But I really be on some heaven, yeah, because you know oh, I yeah. just I just really believe in that. But at the same time, we were saying it for so long. I really was at a concert, and one time he was just like, when I say hell, y'all say yeah, hell, yeah, hell, and I was looking like, whoa, it, that's where it dawned on me. I was like, wait, I'm saying hell, hell. yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And when you reverse it, it's only two words. So put the that word in front of it and you're saying, yeah, hell, yeah, hell. And I just was kind of like, mm, my life could kind of go without that. Mm, mm. So I'm just trying to force it. Nice. Do you, I, I don't like to like really put uh, pressure on release dates, like exact release dates, but is it September 23rd? September 23rd. Oh, so it's already like ready to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay, ready. never mind. All right, cool. There's no games. You know, in this fucking, in this day and age, it's like pe- people, people announce stuff and then all of a sudden it's like detox turns into See, Compton but that's when you're not independent. That's when you're blonde. not running a show. Bang. Good vibe tribe. That was the good vibe tribe. This is audio push. Yes, sir. Tell the people where to find you guys online. Everything backslash audio push from MySpace to Black Planet to Facebook to Twitter <laughs> to Instagram to Christian Mingle to Pinterest. Everything Pinterest. is backslash audio push, man. And audio push. Spelled correctly. Very easy to audio find. Push. Audio push. Yep. Audio push. Um, yeah, check out. They have a YouTube channel and a Vivo channel. The Vivo channel has the newer stuff on it. So if you just look up audio push Vivo on, on on YouTube, lots of great content to look through and good songs. And tonight they're going to be performing a song called Heavens Yeah, which you can find us at YouTube, at our YouTube.com slash kind of neat. Uh, as you guys know, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit bit. sound buttery at I am database, space with two S's. You can follow us as a unit at kind of neat, YouTube.com slash kind of neat, where you're going to see audio push performing. Fire. Don't forget uh, to go to that podcast app, search for Kind of Neat, and uh, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave a five-star rating. I know your lazy ass has not done that. Go leave a five-star rating. Tell us who you want to see on the show, and we will try to oblige. If this is a part of your weekly routine and you're still listening at this point, go to patreon.com slash kind of neat and pledge $1 per episode. It's the smallest little thing. It's buying me a coffee per month. If you saw me in real life, you'd buy me a coffee anyway. So just do it online. <laughs> pledge a dollar per month or a dollar per episode. 
$4 a month. That's it. That'll help us keep the lights on around here. That being said, I had a good time talking to you guys. You guys are fucking down to earth. Cool ass people. Thank you for letting us smoke in the other room. No, and for chill, letting man. me just eat my fries during the interview. Oh, don't don't crazy try to snitch fries. on us for that because we're not supposed to eat food in here, but don't even trip. As long as we throw it out outside, then I don't think Kev will know. Damn. It's, good to go. it's fine. We'll, uh, we'll edit that part out. No, you can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was dope, man. And you guys are dope. And I look forward to a long uh, lasting and fruitful career for you. Appreciate I think it. The Dizzy Tour is going to be like a great look for you guys because you guys are talking to him he's similar vibes as you just a cool motherfucker oh yeah that's bro um, so look for them on the road and that being said that was audio push I'm Lee and this was kinda neat yeah